My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and I'm here to review Royal Rumble. It ended about 10 minutes ago. Uh, I wanted to go live as soon as possible, but stuff needs setting up. I can't go live immediately. <laughs> it's scaling up. I didn't have all these lights on when I was watching the show. Uh, but still, it's because quite, quite often with these aftershock reviews, I like to just talk about the show overall before going into like more specifics. For me, it's crazy, and I've just realised the border next to me has also gone out. How have I done that? <laughs> That's really weird. Uh, but yeah, some. I'll call this late night random things happening. Oh, there we go. But still, a really weird feeling coming out of this show. Where I generally had a lot of fun with the women's match. In a sense of, I wasn't really invested in a lot of the acts. So I was just enjoying the pops, enjoying the nostalgia of the, of the oh, I know that person. Oh, I remember that. Oh, right to sense the ivory. Isn't that lovely? And there were a lot, and they, they cre I will say like, a downside the women's match was uh, Sasha Banks going out so early. The bright side of Sasha Banks going out early was it did create that feeling of anyone could get eliminated at any point, which worked in certain aspects, like tricking you into thinking a star, a big star might get eliminated later, eliminated like later into the match, like Ray Ripley when Nikki Ash was very blatantly <laughs> doing the "I'm going to run in and get you," but that was all on purpose. It's all part of the setup, and it, it, that worked really, really well. The men's rumble, on the other hand, I genuinely left it feeling nothing. And I was like, oh, that's, that kind of sucks. Because I, I... But the Royal Rumble, for me, the bit of context, is my favourite pay-per-view of the year for WWE. Without question, it's by far, for me, the most enjoyable <laughs> pay-per-view. And this match was fine, <laughs> I guess. Which really, really sucks. As in, for... it was It's not just the ending. So... What's really important for this Rumble is the context of the rest of the show. Beginning of the show, Roman and Seth have an absolute blinder. Roman retains uh, by, you know, a, uh, by, by disqualification after not letting go of a submission. But I didn't mind the story they were telling. As in, if you're going to, end, if you're going to give a non-finish, this is one of the better examples of it. It's just that they do the non-finish so incredibly often every week in WWE. In 2021, they... I can't remember what they hit. They hit over 80 or something, which is more than two every single week. <laughs> and and some shows, they don't do it. So on the shows that do it, sometimes you get multiple uh, episodes of it. Uh, but then we go to the Brock Lesnar defence. Roman costs him the title. And he's all left aggrieved. I'll get to the match at a later point. But Roman costs Lesnar the title. And immediately looking at it going, well, I know they want to do Lesnar Reigns at WrestleMania. Therefore, there is only one outcome here. Personally, I've and they hyped the Elimination Chamber. In my head, I was like, I really wouldn't mind the idea of trying to trying to get us to watch the Elimination Chamber Patriots in Saudi Arabia. Because us Western audiences, we need a bit of convincing, given the controversial nature of the deals. So we need a bit of convincing to kind of amp us up to it. I did a really good job with the last Saudi Arabia show to, in actually trying to convincing you to watch the show. Like delivering the uh, Edge and Seth Rollins match was like a massive part of that. So I thought, I, I know it immediately. Put Brock Lesnar in the Elimination Chamber. Just the, <laughs> I'm just like, that's amazing. Before, and then put that into reality, I was like, there's no way Brock Lesnar's going to be taking those bumps. <laughs> like, absolutely not. That makes absolutely... Yeah, in reality, he's not taking those bumps in the chamber, in the boiling hot sun of Saudi Arabia. Like, it's bad enough as it is. Imagine how bad it's going to be in that chamber. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, suddenly my... There's like, oh, of course. So he's definitely winning the Rumble then. 
and all of this kind of goes through my head, like in that process of him losing the title, and it was in the Miz Edge match, in the middle of that mixed tag. I was just having all of it. I was just thinking about the main event, and I was just like, I'd be so disappointed if I'm right, because I really don't want this to be true. But the only thing I could think of is Brock Lesnar enters number thirty and wins. But that, if you build up a decent Royal Rumble around that, it doesn't really matter. This Royal Rumble for the first. 20 entrants was nothing and that's not great there there were as soon as 20 hit like slowly more and more people got into it but it felt like the first 20 was a nothing rumble like for the first 20 entrants the first two thirds the biggest majority of time of this rumble there was only one guy you could perceive as possibly being there towards the end and that was AJ Styles Nobody else felt believable. There were champions there. There was Shinsuke Nakamura who just kind of just got dumped out randomly. But I know they don't see a lot in Shinsuke. Damian Priest, on the other hand, they've purposefully been keeping him undefeated in singles action. Yes, there have been no DQ finishers, but he's not getting pinned. So when like KO beat him on Raw, it's meant to be a big deal when that happens. Personally, I just wouldn't have done it on a random Raw where he wasn't really going anywhere. <laughs> it's in the start such middle of a feud it's not there is no impact to him losing really uh, aside from a, a point for that week anyway that's a tangent <laughs> i've got so much to get through so they just to eliminate damien priest by have him eliminated by omos there's so many other people it's, it's a mid-card kind of feeling rumble for the first two-thirds of it and you eliminate one of the only guys I know you're trying to protect. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is having him thrown out by the tall man in Omos after he's kind of thrown to the walls by the rest of the gang. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is, well, that saves him from stuff later where he kind of just, you'll have to just get tossed out by somebody. I'm like, well, you threw all the rest of the lambs to the Lesnar Slaughter. What's the harm in having your United States champion in Damien Priest, who I know you want to protect and make look strong? What's the harm in him maybe getting a couple of eliminations, staying at least till the Lesnar ending? Because again, Matt Riddle's in that context, where I guess that's fine for him. But yeah, but then... And there was also, like, there were very few highlights. For me, I've got Drew McIntyre coming out and beating up uh, Happy Corbin Madcap Moss, purely because he then went outside and hit them with the steel steps. It was something different other than people just kind of brawling in their sector corners. <laughs> it was something kind of livened up and I went, okay, cool, McIntyre's here, he's beating the crap out of people, great, we can actually go somewhere with this rumble. And then the other highlight for me was Bad Bunny. Bad, again, <laughs> whenever Bad Bunny shows up, he is a highlight. You can tell he absolutely loves this. And he was, yeah, he did a Canadian Destroyer, he looked amazing. And... Uh, but yeah, ob obviously, he, his elimination by Lesnar is like the one that I'm fine with. But again, I'm not against Lesnar winning, even though I don't like it. Even though, the main reason I don't like it is they haven't moved on in seven years. Like, Lesnar Reigns was, like, the first time Lesnar Reigns fought each other was the, when Reigns won the Rumble, Rumble in 2015, and that was their first time. Cool. It's been seven years and they haven't moved on. They are still the only two top guys in the company. They haven't created anybody else in seven years. <laughs> that is insane. Yes, they got like stars to kind of 
that you like Seth Rollins. I felt like Seth Rollins felt like a massive deal against Roman Reigns earlier on, but he's not their main event. He is not going to be main eventing with in that match with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. He's not going to be there. So it, yeah, it's kind of it's false. The whole thing kind of crumples and falls for, for, for me. Knowing because I remember saying in 2018 that it felt like this WWE's kind of car had stalled a bit. Uh, because things outside of their control, and they just wanted to get going again with the Lesnar Reigns stuff. And the fact that they're still revving that same engine all these years later, I'm just like, I was writing those words that it felt like the WWE card stalled in 2018. That was four years ago, and they're still there. I mean, talk about a product feeling stale. They are not creating new stars. Like, they've done it with Roman Reigns. Well done. But you've been trying to do that they're trying to do that for such a long time they finally did it uh, when the guy demanded to be here when he returned and yeah it was 100% right <laughs> uh, the character's been fantastic they could even turn him face and but the other thing around it coming out of the pay-per-view the rumble itself wasn't good it's the main part here yes Lesnar winning is disappointing yes it's disappointing they haven't moved on in such a long time and yes he is a star but they're not making new ones by having the same people always be at the top. And that's a massive problem. And whenever when we think they're moving on, they only kind of do. But like Drew McIntyre was, uh, obviously, we'll never know what could have been if, if the pandemic hadn't happened and McIntyre had got his big WrestleMania moment. Obviously, things would be different. And of course, Roman would have still faced Goldberg at WrestleMania, so would have still got those two big matches. But reality what we actually have when it comes to creating new stars they still just want to do Reigns Lesnar and I'm like you've been doing this for seven years guys like this is ridiculous <laughs> uh, the thing that really helped really was when I saw the most character development in WWE was during the pandemic when they're kind of forced to focus on their characters Drew McIntyre really benefited from that and when which meant that they couldn't use stars like this, so they needed to create people that their top champions could face. And out of that, he got loads of great talent kind of bursting at the seams to get there. Uh, Bobby Lashley was a massive product of that time in terms of like building him up for it. But now I just look at the company and I'm just like, well, I know who you look at as stars, and part of the charm of this is creating a world and booking it in a way where I don't know which guys you see as the top stars and everyone else gets a little... They get enough to them where I could believe that they're a threat. I This Rumble did an awful job of disguising that. <laughs> you only felt there was one star in this Rumble. There was no chance of anybody else winning. And for me, that's a failure on the creative part, on whoever put this <laughs> together. Whoever put this all together, there was no feeling of... For the whole Rumble, you kind of like, well, it could be Drew McIntyre, but he's on SmackDown. And I know they're doing Lesnar Reigns because of what they set up earlier. <laughs> so, and I know it's not Big E, because Big E was drafted to SmackDown. So I know they're not, and I know they're doing Reigns Lesnar. <laughs> and they were the only other two people. The only other two people in Big E and Drew McIntyre. But because they did the angle before, that means that I have got no belief that either of them are winning, meaning Lesnar has to win. Which absolutely sucks. <laughs> if they hadn't drafted Big E this week, 
to over to SmackDown. Suddenly, it's so much more open. It makes so much more sense. But, no. Um, I don't know. It, it feels like Big E's title reign, that was it. Purely by what's happened afterwards. But we'll see what is to come in weeks. But, there were some red flags. For me, the red flag immediately went up when Big E got eliminated. And I'm like, there's only one reason you've done that. You're scared of fans booing when they realise... If Big E was still in the ring when Lesnar came out, you can't have Lesnar eliminate Big E. <laughs> I think they were wise enough to know that. But you risk you risk the Daniel Bryan thing. And I wouldn't say this match got Daniel Bryan in the sense of realising what's about to happen, just booing it away. It seems to be more met with apathy, which is... I mean, it's not as bad as outright rejection. <laughs> but I don't know. Is is that worse than the emotion? Because you want to see that emotion, really. Even if it's a negative one from fans, that's still an emotion. But this felt different. I don't know. It felt... Yeah, the word I used was just tired. I mean, obviously... Massive asterisk. It's 20 past 5 in the morning. <laughs> this word tired has a double meaning right now. <laughs> so, obviously, I probably felt tired at the end of that main event. I probably wasn't going to be full of hype. But it's, the Rumbles have done it before, where I've been up at this time. <laughs> Even before I was covering these, if I've been hyped after a Rumble, I would listen to the podcast. I'd be, do it, I'd be in that chair. But now I'm <laughs> just sitting here like, yeah, I felt nothing after that. I wasn't. I don't feel anger or an emotion, which I feel like is so much worse than uh, actually being angry about something. Because that means I'm, f I'm feeling passionate about the product. I am into it to a degree where I am passionate that they did something over the other. This is just it's pure apathy. There's nothing here. I'm not feeling an emotion. They haven't even got to that point because there was nobody else believable. And before the match even happened, <laughs> they had written off the only other two possible contenders in Big E and Drew McIntyre. So I knew they weren't going to win. So who else could it possibly be? And uh, yeah, and I'm not talking about like uh, nerdy person on the internet reads into it. No, this is their announcements. This is what they've told us on their shows leading to it. So uh, yeah. anyway, I will go through the men's in order to kind of paint my point. But I will then jump to the women's because I really enjoyed the women's. <laughs> Even though there were still red flags all over that match, I still it was still like a ton of fun. And for me, it was the closest women's rumble to being that pure fun energy where anything can happen, anybody could turn up, anyone can get eliminated at any point. <laughs> it's kind of like a loose bit of fun, full of nostalgia, which is what the first women's rumble was. It's just interesting to see that that first women's rumble is full of so many pops because they hadn't really built the women's division at that point in most recent years they've stacked them with a lot of recent talent it's been closer to the men's where it's mostly modern talent fitted in with those from the past this year they've released so many wrestlers they couldn't fill a rumble so they were had to call everybody <laughs> really and yeah I had a lot of fun with the women's rumble it really reminded me of the 2018 match it's just a, a rumble of pure fun and yeah I can't really go into that the men's rumble again. I felt nothing when it ended. So, also the yes, there is commentary on Lesnar and Rousey being their winners. There is commentary there, but personally, coming out of the show, I only really right now, especially as I'm really tuning out of Raw and SmackDown, I watch the shows a lot less. But coming out of this show, I will say the rumbles themselves. I enjoyed the women's, but I thought the men's rumble was just a bad rumble. 
taking out everything about the criticism of them staying on the Lesnar stuff or the criticism of them not creating new stars, it was just a bad rumble. <laughs> so, first off, AJ Styles, number one. Talk about a top-notch number one guy to go to the wire. It's like, yes, he didn't go to the wire. <laughs> they, he lasted 25 minutes and got dumped out by bloody Corbin and Madcap Moss. Like, really? Ah. If there's any guy <laughs> that makes it to the end and it's just knackered, like, yes, he's faced Lesnar in the past. Yes, we've seen him go toe-to-toe with Lesnar in the past. But here, in this context, he's absolutely knackered. So he's a perfectly fine elimination for Lesnar. <laughs> absolutely fine. Um, if he wants to make it all the way to the end. Anyway, AJ Styles, out number one. Really strong with that. And then, Shinsuke Nakamura. Immediate instinct of, oh, I see. You're going hard this year. <laughs> That's good. And at this point, I'm feeling really strong about the show. Purely because the Women's Rumble I had so much fun with. That going into this Rumble, and I see these two at number one. I'm like, ah, okay. You've actually thought about this. You've got something here. You're kicking off with Styles Nakamura. <laughs> Let's see where this goes. And it very quickly kind of falls into mediocrity. So they have a decent starting off, but then Austin Theory in at number three in his Royal Rumble debut, getting to the chance to dance with two legendary veterans. At number four is Robert Roode, who uh, faces off AJ for a wee tad of TNA chance, and uh, yeah, Styles immediately eliminates him. Bobby's the first eliminated. So far, so good. You've got a young guy there hanging with the veteran guys. Somebody with history. It's not valued that highly. He's really quickly eliminated. At number five, Ridge Holland. Again, perfectly fine. Our second Rumble debutant. Uh, Shinsuke. Was a red flag. Shinsuke is suddenly eliminated. <laughs> Just now, when there's no kind of building to that, that feeling that elimination is going to occur. Sometimes you can tense it in a rumble where the tension builds or the momentum just flows in a certain way and you sense elimination is coming. Shinsuke Shins was just gone. <laughs> it's like, oh, fine. He's intercontinental champion, but he's still only valued a certain way. So the title doesn't mean anything in terms of how he's valued. And that, for me, that's the thing this rumble failed at massively was that veil of, that veil of importance where you've got your top guys, but you kind of, you build up the others enough to make us to not make us not realise that you're actually not valuing them as top talent. This rumble completely failed at that. <laughs> you could tell so easily this who was going because I've just chucked out like it was nothing. Uh, Montez Ford out as well again. So since it was a bit as a flag, but it's fine. It's wobble. Montez Ford's going to come out and he's going to kick ass immediately. Go for Big Fish AJ to get like a knee elimination again. That's fine. He fails and settles for Flashley taking down Theory instead before Big Man Holland grounds, uh, grounds everybody for the next person to come out, which is Damien Priest. Hence why the heel had to stand tall at the end for Priest to beat up Ridge Holland. So yeah, again, that's fine. That's both mid-card champions <laughs> having entered the Rumble. Seven, I thought, was a bit of a weird number for it, but it, for what comes next, it flows relatively fine. So yeah, Damien Priest is... Fine so far. <laughs> number eight, Sami Zayn. Still getting those Olay chance to this day. Why is Sami Zayn in at number eight? Because Johnny Knoxville is up next and they've got their little thing, uh, the product integration. A genuine pop for the man before AJ hits a combo and Ford flies high with the frog splash. Holland winding up to eliminate the man, but Sami Zayn stole it only for AJ to catch him hot-dogging and <laughs> chuck the Canadian out to. And uh, yeah, uh, Johnny Knoxville, again, for me, this is a really strong... Like celebrity appearance, are perfectly fine <laughs> with the whole Johnny Knoxville thing. It got the crowd kind of woken up a bit, um, 
and yeah, it's fine. Uh, one thing that comes across in this rumble as well, though, is how incredibly generic the new themes are for all of the wrestlers. And I'm not just saying that because of the uh, the NXT themes were better. Da, 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 da. Um, Ricochet's was one where I thought, oh, I don't know if I prefer or dislike the ver- which one over the other. I don't know yet. But over the course of the Rumble, you could feel it. There were so many themes that just felt so generic rock. <laughs> At least didn't didn't really stand out or really describe or fit the wrestler that was coming out to said theme, because there were so many coming out to generic rock. And Shayna Baszler had done it in the early of the night when her music played as like really, she's generic rock now as well. Whilst <laughs> beforehand it was it had it had a riff that kind of fitted the her presence. It's just generic rock that doesn't even have any regard <laughs> to her character or whatever. So like, oh. Yeah, and that's a theme across the themes. <laughs> you really felt it in the men's match, though, because it replaced so many themes. Uh, anyway, Johnny Knoxville stuff. Yeah, a fan of it. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Sami Zayn. Hot Dog can get eliminated soon after as well. Yeah, that was great. Uh, also, at this point, you've got AJ, but you've also got Damien Priest kind of there in the background. And I just assumed his moment will come. Uh, afterwards, Angelo Dawkins uh, for the Rumble to go full street profits. Then just to get that little momentum uh, for a little bit. But number 11, here comes Tall Man. It's Omos. Uh, tosses Dawkins right out. I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. Dork- out of the two Street Profits, you eliminate Dawkins. Ford somehow survives and goes on a little run. It's it, For me, from 10 to 20, it's absolutely perfect for Ford to just like survive and show- just showcase him. This is the part where you showcase Montez Ford <laughs> in this area. But no, Omos immediately eliminates him as well. Second red flag for me. <laughs> Purely because if you're thinking ahead of time, surely you know you want to make Montez Ford a bigger deal or a star. So just show glimpses of him showing that ability. It's really not that difficult, this this, <laughs> this stuff. <laughs> it's It's not that difficult. It's as easy as that. In terms of like this bit here, just feature him. Don't immediately eliminate him to make the tall man feel tall. It's like no, you can. You've done that with Dawkins. You don't have to do that with Ford as well. But I get what they were doing. The whole point was to get everybody in that ring to then refocus on Omos. I personally would have just left Ford in the ring. <laughs> if you're going to eliminate somebody, who was in it at this point? If you're going to eliminate somebody, oh, oh I mean, I'd be fine with Austin Theory, but he was obviously. He was, had to, he was the person who got to last and show a little bit. Uh, so if you're going to do that... I mean, Dawkins is fine. I almost got more eliminations. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, Ricochet, so in comes Ricochet with one missile dropkick before getting launched into catching his breath. Also, a chop of death <laughs> from Omos, stomp, stomping Richard right down. Uh, Ricochet did an amazing job of making Omos seem like big, powerful, tall man. <laughs> He was uh, bumped like a boss. Uh, number 13, Chad Gable, rising up the troops, somewhat working in a way, got them all together, and for some reason, Priest listens. He's like, you're the you're the big guy, you go after him. Uh, yeah, almost makes easy work a Priest and eliminates him. And immediately was like, well, yeah, who cares about making champions look good? <laughs> Both champions just chucked out like chumps, great. <laughs> Uh, again, if you could do it, do it, do it to one of them. If you really want to, if you really want to, I would do it with neither. <laughs> but if you really want to just eliminate a champion, that's you can do that. It's fine. 
but both is questionable. <laughs> it generally is questionable because you've then got to hype up their title matches for future shows. They both got made look like chumps here. So you've got to then rebuild them on the shows. Or just pretend like this rumble never happened, which is its own problem. It's meant to be a big deal. <laughs> uh, anyway, 14, Dominic Mysterio. Um, yeah, uh, who helps join in the gang, get rid of the tall man. AJ Styles getting the final punch to send the tall human out. And hey, Gable's plan works. I'm a genius, he correctly shouts. <laughs> uh, number 15, Happy Corbin charging about. Uh, Ricochet with a nice flip off of Corbin and then Corbin tosses him out for a nice elimination. I did enjoy that. Uh, number 16, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, second for all-time Rumble appearances after this show. Uh, Corbin spinning Dom right round and tosses him out. And that got a little thing for me because ah, you've avoided the family drama that we were worrying about. So that's good. You used Corbin to avoid that. And I'm fine with that. Again, so far, I'm fine with these Corbin eliminations. It's all right. Um, and then Austin Theory is out via AJ after a 22-minute run. Again, that is also fine. Perfect. Line. I think so far, the only change I'm making is if you're having the same running order, because I think I would have had Kofi way earlier because he needs something to wake this up, <laughs> essentially. Uh, Johnny Knoxville was kind of it, but and then Omos Big Boy, but it it's not enough. Um, it's a it's a very mid card feeling kind of rumble, <laughs> but yeah, I think the only thing I'm changing so far is keeping Montez Ford in this gang here. You can eliminate him elsewise. You don't you can keep him for a bit. I'd at least keep him to twenty. Uh, anyway, yes, Happy Corbin <laughs> charging about and eliminating people. Uh, number 17 is Sheamus arriving right on cue to see Holland eliminated right in front of him. I did like the timing of that. Um, uh, Holland just to tell him, you get him, you go get him. <laughs> that was good. Uh, number 18 is Vic Boogs with a uh, fun little sequence with Gable. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, little guy make the muscly one look strong. Gable did a great job. So round of applause there. And number 19 is Madcap Moss. This run is pretty dire <laughs> of people. As in... In terms of who do you think could win, if I... Because Omos was never going to win anyway, but he was tall person. So I guess 10, Angelo Dawkins. No. Omos at number 11. No. Ricochet at 12. No. Chad Gable at 13. No. Dominic Mysterio at 14. No. Happy Corbin at 15. No. Dolph Ziggler at 16. No. Shame at 17. No. Uh, Rick Boogs at 18. No. Madcap Ross at 19. No. That's a whole 10-person run. Was it 11 if I included the number 10? <laughs> uh, a whole 10, 11 person run where not one single person is a believable winner. You can just mix it up a bit just to wake up the crowd. <laughs> not what The women's one got this right. They injected those big names into the teens and it worked. It worked perfectly. Here they had they saved them all for the 20s, which for me never works in keeping the momentum of a rumble running. Uh, again, what's the harm in having Big E come out slightly earlier and survive all this? But yeah, there were loads of people and it was very heel heavy. So when Madcap Moss and Corbin eliminate AJ, oh, it's right in the mid, it's right, it's slap bang. In terms of like the momentum of the right time to do a thing, this was the absolute worst time <laughs> to eliminate AJ because when he looked at the field, man was this rumble feeling very mid card. As in, there wasn't one person in that ring that you believe could win, or you believe was somebody who truly matters in the like the main of main events kind of spectrum of WWE. Not one person. 
the only person in the first 19 <laughs> that you felt like had has any momentum really in WWE as a going high up the card was AJ Styles. He is the only one. And, uh, like, yeah, like I meant there have been a few name, WWE names were there, people you know, but only AJ was the closest to, like, that star level in WWE in that Rumble so, so far. So, of course, Corbin and Madcap eliminated him. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> the lineup right now is awful. <laughs> that is in this rumble. The people that I think the people that were in the ring at that top that point. If I scroll down and just triply make sure who's currently in this rumble. So you had Oh well, I was trying to bloody find him. You had Happy Corbin, you had Dolph Ziggler, Seamus, Madcap Moss, and Rick Boogs. Oh my god. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> that is an awful lineup. Then Riddle scoots on down to save us from Boogs being the only face in the ring. Speaking of, Corbin with another elimination as Boogs is sent packing. <laughs> Meaning that there's four heels and Matt Riddle. Also, there are four heels that you don't feel like I've got any chance of winning. And Matt Riddle. <laughs> it's like, this is a weak lineup. Uh, Riddle, obviously, like somebody who we wouldn't mind like a decent showing this Rumble to make it, because his kind of may, possible push after the Randy Orton stuff is round the corner. Uh, but uh, no, he didn't really get anything. It wasn't any advancement, which I guess if they decided to do the Lesnar thing, the Orton middle split wouldn't have led or meant anything. So I guess it's fine. That they It's fine that they specifically didn't do the RKO, RKO bro split. It could be purely because the focus which I feel like it deserves, wouldn't be there. So that's fine. Anyway, Drew McIntyre at 21. Flipping finally. <laughs> Our first like main event guy. Because AJ Styles, I didn't feel like, actually had a chance of winning before this week. But he's a name. He's a known main event guy in WWE. Even if he's, for the past year, not been that main event guy, it won't take much to heat him back up. He is a name. You can put him there. Drew McIntyre is a current main event guy. He is a top lad. <laughs> uh, and I was lo looking at the lineup like, oh, all that barren build setting us up for a Scottish rampage. Out with the trash, Madcap and Corbin in quick succession. Added Fury beating the two up with the ring steps. Bloody hell, did this rumble need this? Like, this was a rumble with practically no highlights until this and Bad Bunny. <laughs> and yeah, beats them up at ringside. Uh, and just after he's finished up, Kevin Owens with a nice pop. Like, here come the main event guys. All in the 20s kind of run, like one after the other. These are all the bigger names now. Uh, Kevin Owens with a nice pop to trade blows with Drew. Suddenly, the rumble finally heats up. Uh, Drew and Shamo start their punch up when Rey Mysterio's music hits. Uh, no head scissors elimination to riddle for Rey Rey. That, again, you felt it heating up because we're getting new eliminations like this that kind of felt a bit scary. Uh, Owens also countering with a stunner. But the ring is finally building up as we run to the finish. And poor Kofi Kingston. <laughs> he flew too close to the sun this year. <laughs> with uh, surely his latest entrance number to date at 24. Trying a truly audacious survival. Flying high and catching himself on the barricade. But... Yeah, his feet clearly touched the floor. Uh, the refs immediately knew, but like honestly, because they showed it, I didn't mind them then showing the replay before properly eliminating him. But that's why 
you don't film his feet touching the floor in the first place. If you know it's a high-risk stunt of it going wrong, you just tilt the camera up so the audience won't see it. And the, the live audience may be able to then tell people, oh, yeah, he touched the floor. He touched the floor. But us watching it on TV, we don't know that. It's word of mouth from those at ringside. <laughs> all, all we know is we saw him go, 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 and we can go, oh, he probably filmed that just in case that his feet did touch the floor, that they don't film it. That's why you tilt the camera, just tilt the camera up. <laughs> just don't shoot it, looking directly at it. So you, you see his feet. You know you're going to do this bit. It's really not that difficult. <laughs> yeah. Number 25, it's, uh, I mean, Paul Kovic, is in, he didn't nail it, but there are safety things you can put in place knowing it's a high-risk stunt. Because if he doesn't put it off, it's fine. You weren't showing the feet, you were tilting upwards to catch this awesome dark jump. Yeah. Anyway, 25 is Otis. Here comes Beefy Boy. He does get eliminations. At 26, Big E. Here to suplex all the boys. No fear. A bro kick soon sorted that out. And Big E was out here, but he didn't feel like a former WWE champion. It's so quickly. It's just like In terms of how I know he's been featured on Raw, he's not really been presented as a main player, like a top guy. And then after this Rumble appearance, he felt even less of one comes out at 26 and he's eliminated before he gets to the final run. Like, if you feel Big E is meant to be among the, that, that high calibre of people, he is here at the end. He's in that final lot. You brave Lesnar eliminating him. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, he was going to buy Broken anyway. 27, Bad Bunny, my one of two highlights of this rumble. And, like, he's back, Bad Bunny, with a Canadian destroyer to riddle out the gate. <laughs> like, amazing. <laughs> Some immediate attention grabbing. Uh, leading to him eliminating Seamus soon after as well. Again, Seamus the absolutely perfect guy for the celebrity to eliminate. He is the perfect guy to, for that to happen to. And a second after he and Ray team together to take out Ziggler. Again, two elimination for Bad Bunny, but I'm fine with that. Seamus and Ziggler are the exact level of people that Bad Bunny can eliminate. That's all right. At 28, it's Shane O'Mac, who is the one surprise... Aside from Bad Bunny, he's the one, I guess, former talent <laughs> to uh, enter this one. Runs on down to Brawl with KO and he eliminates Kevin Owens. Red flag. <laughs> That's the next person who is a, a current guy main eventing Monday Night Raw quite a bit. He's tossed out before we get to the end. Yeah, but he's a heel, so he gets a kind of pop from the crowd. So if you've popped the crowd, who is watching the TV show every week, then I can't complain a lot, a lot. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, uh, it did mean we get into that final four with Brock Lesnar, and it's it's not the best. Randy Orton at number twenty nine, RKO to Big E, and he's immediately thrown out by Orton. No, uh, the red flag number is what's this four or five? <laughs> Just. Out he goes. Uh, Biggie out before the end. Yeah, flares are like a warning sign for this ending. Um, it's, I wrote this before Lesnar had even stepped out. So I immediately, at this point, mm, <laughs> there's too many red flags here. We know what's happening. Uh, but there was, after that, an amazing step up RKO from middle. <laughs> it looked brilliant. And number 30, yup, it's Brock Lesnar. A final lineup as I'm looking at it because as out of like the bigger names who are currently main eventing shows or have been Big E you just tossed over like he was nothing Kevin Owens you've just eliminated with Shane O'Mac type of turning so the only guys currently I think 
I think Rey Mysterio is currently still there. You've got Rey Mysterio. He's not going to win. You've got Shane Mack, He's not going to win. You've got Bad Bunny. He's not going to win. You've got Randy Orton and Matt Riddle, who I also don't believe are going to win because they're involved in their own unique arc. And then you got Drew McIntyre, who, as I said earlier, he's on SmackDown, and I know what the SmackDown title picture is going to be. So the only, and I thought the only reason Drew McIntyre was moved to SmackDown was to do Roman versus McIntyre. And they can do that after WrestleMania. Once they've got, well, because I find myself four years after 2018 saying the exact same words I said in 2018 of, oh, just let them get Legend of Reigns out of the system. But they've been doing that for seven years. It's not that they need to get it out of their system. <laughs> this is their marquee match. And they're not creating any other stars to to step into that. That is a massive worry. <laughs> uh, anyway, the point I'm trying to make was it, that doesn't really come into it because I just think this is just a bad rumble. Anyway, yeah. So again, if Lesnar's winning, this is way too weak a final lineup to the point where they just skip the final four, which you don't have to do a final four for every single rumble. I personally really like that kind of thing as you you dwindle down the numbers slowly. For me, 2018 is a great example where you kind of swindle them down and you get to a point where there's six of them and then you gradually, you have them all going. Actually, that you gradually eliminate them one by one as the numbers get smaller and smaller. Then you get to your final four. Then your three and your two and each kind of progressive one. When someone gets eliminated, it feels like a big deal because you're getting closer to that winner. And the intensity builds. There was no intensity here. As in Les's music hits, you already know he's won before he hits the ring. And for me, the worst part was I felt like I already knew he'd won the moment that Lesnar was attacked by Roman Reigns. Even I know what I wanted. I wanted Lesnar in the chamber, but I'd already figured out Lesnar's not going to be going in the chamber and taking chamber bumps. <laughs> of course he's not. <laughs> so he's winning the Rumble. Uh, but I guess it's a few that for me doesn't need the Rumble. Um, but it's going to be their main event. So uh, Anyway, yeah. Um... Yeah, I will say Bad Bunny stepping up to Brock and taking taking the F5. For me, I liked that. Uh, the celebrity being big and brave and just getting destroyed, that's that's great for WWE. I'm fine with that. But, yeah, the crowd were not with Lesnar. And Roman Reigns is the big heel. You meant to be like, this is Lesnar on a rampage after feeling wronged by Roman Reigns. The crowd started to boo him. And then there wasn't much of a reaction for him after he won. And yeah, no final four. The final two of Lesnar and McIntyre, they're kind of squaring off. But before, McIntyre essentially trying his best to seem like the big tough guy that I'm going to be difficult to take down. And But just know, we know who we know who's run, won already. Before Lesnar even walked out, we knew who had won. Especially as KO and Big E immediately chucked out. This is a very weak feeling rumble. The only name is McIntyre. And it was, the only name was McIntyre, I guess after KO went out. He was the only name aside from Lesnar. It's like, ugh. Yeah, I did like, with those two being the final two, I did like that. Like, winding back the clock a couple of years, like a nice touch. But this was easily the least interesting way to take this rumble. Uh, for, me, well, for me personally, I don't put Lesnar in this rumble. I just don't do it. I have whoever wins the rumble face Bobby Lashley. Purely because it's so in the air who that could be. You don't know who could be facing Bobby Lashley. Aside from the fact, the week of the Rumble, you move Big E from Raw to SmackDown. So you know he's not winning. <laughs> Just don't do that. <laughs> it's 
leave it leave it one more week it's fine uh, oh well I did really find the women's fun though because so I need to get the women's match uh, now because I realise I'm 40 minutes in or <laughs> whatever it is and uh, I can't be up too late <laughs> he laughs as <laughs> it's getting close to 6 hmm yeah that did nothing <laughs> drank a bit of water and my voice it feels it's so late and my voice is so gone that that water did absolutely nothing so the women's Royal Rumble I enjoyed this match it wasn't anything super spectacular it wasn't it wasn't for me like a top tier Rumble it was a if I'm, if I'm making it by how much fun is it rather than how much is it like build up the tension how much do you are you convinced that there's all these different people that could win it you got your mighty kind of falling down to the end like no I felt with certain people coming out, you're like, okay, that person's probably winning. But I still had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> and it's the, the women's rumble that I feel like I had the most fun with since 2018. So, first off, only just returned Sasha Banks in her Sailor Moon gear, out first in all the smiles. It's like, hey guys, I'm back. And number two, it's Melina. <laughs> Getting to do her full entrance, red carpet and all. But uh, she's gone almost immediately. <laughs> It was like, oh, oh, that sucks. Uh, the taunting was fun, at least. <laughs> so there was that. But, uh, yeah, Melina gone very quickly. Uh, Tamina out to her, oh, it's her, pop. But the crowd sure wasn't against the idea of, like, a Sasha hot run. She'd just eliminate Melina. Or maybe she can get rid of Tamina as well. Uh, no, it turns out without Naya that Tamina appeared to take the role of the Hoss for quite a chunk of this match, lasting way past Sasha Banks, which was questionable. <laughs> I mean, obviously my first my thought is, well, maybe Sasha's just wasn't fit enough to go that full mile. Well, why have her at the beginning then? But then the other point is, if they don't want her at the final lot, if they don't want her at the final lot, they don't come up with a plan. And they, it's probably worse if she is there at the end. If you put her at the very beginning, you can build down fatigue, but they didn't build down fatigue. She just got eliminated. <laughs> Anyway, Kelly Kelly, a tad of offence before getting grounded by the meaner one, uh, going for an unwise tarantula submission on the rope. So Sasha sends out another diva era, last. Uh, two eliminations so far, both from Sasha. Uh, Aaliyah is out at number five, doesn't get eliminated, good for her. Uh, Liv Morgan at number six, pelting it down to the ring with a new entrance VR and teasing a Sasha elimination. Um, Liv Morgan was a difficult one to pin in this match. It's probably because the rumble kind of shows what people have we got plans for, how we kind of, how do you feature in this match? Do you feel like a top star? How, what level do you feel? Liv Morgan was a weird one. The fans were reacting to her, but in the actual flow of the match, she never really felt important. She got her like nice, friendly spots type of thing. I guess the, I guess it's close to Riddle in terms of the where on the kind of where on the echelon do you slot? She didn't feel like a main event person. She didn't feel like somebody would step into the main event. She wasn't in a position where she was proving how great she was or anything. She wasn't booked like that. Um, but she, could, she probably could have made a good number two or number three just to kind of go a distance. But no, she entered at number six and her most memorable stuff was like the interaction with Sarah Logan. She was in there, but actually, I guess she was in there a while actually. But she was never the f much of a focal point. Anyway, number seven, Queen Zelina. Uh, Tamina stops the last from getting immediately eliminated before setting up Zelina eliminating Sasha Banks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, a white hot start, uh, like a big name before... Uh, Sasha really feeling like a big name before getting whiffed out by two heels. The crowd did not like that. <laughs> very odd. Uh, very evil. Yeah. 
very, a very weird elimination, purely because it's such a big star in Sasha Banks, eliminated by two lower, they're not even, I guess, mid-card of the women's division. Like they're n almost nothings. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're above Jobber, because they're heels in now and then get wins. But for that to happen in a Rumble, that's so strange. So strange, especially with, with the people coming later. That's so weird. Like the momentum you can give to a rising talent by eliminating Sasha Banks, who's like a big established name. But Zelina and Carmella and Tamina, none of them are rising up. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. So this that elimination does nothing. If anything, Sasha Banks beats them up on the next upcoming show. But on a different brand. It makes even less sense. <laughs> Bianca Belair. Uh, yes. No fear, a new face is here to beat up our baddies. Uh, also, I will say as well, before the next entrant, an awesome handspring onto Liv and then backflip to Zelina. Uh, that was great. Uh, number nine is 24-7 champion Dana Brooke. Out with Reggie. Uh, commentary putting her over as a potential surprise performer. Yeah, I don't like her chances. <laughs> you can say those words, but I almost know the booking of this rumble won't be with that. <laughs> that the action I will see won't represent what you've just said. She did some, she did some nice moves. Um, she's definitely, but every time I see her, she's better. Like there's no question about that. <laughs> but the company's never really had faith to push her above a certain level. Uh, and twenty four seven champion thing, the entire gimmick seems to be, oh, I've always wanted to like be a champion in WWE. Yeah, but it's not a belt that has any prestige. <laughs> so. Uh, until you won it, and then suddenly we're being told how prestigious and big a big deal this is. But you treat it like a joke right until she won it. Where is this prestige you're talking about? <laughs> uh, number 10, Michelle McCool. Running Royal Rampant once again. <laughs> she does it every bloody time. <laughs> Michelle McCool doesn't just turn up to a rumble. That, that woman is getting eliminations and seeming strong until she's finally gone. Uh, yeah, knocking Dana to the outside, but right into Veggie's arms. Again, I like that spot. And the fact it was a callback to her saving Carmelo in the previous one as well. Yeah, didn't make that mistake on the second attempt. Out, out she goes. Dana Brooke probably gone for now. Number 11, Sonia Deville entering to the crowd surprise. Right onto commentary as she goes. Yep, <laughs> boo, authority figure. Yep, yeah, yeah. Obviously you got to do the baddie thing. And commentary's got to tell her, oh, what a great tactic this is. How smart it is. Oh, what an amazing thing. And I'll just sit there like, I swear somebody did that last year. <laughs> like this is and it happens most years where one person goes to the commentary desk <laughs> so yeah this is not a new idea uh, anyway number 12 it's Natalia doing her damnedest uh, kicks down Laven nearly eliminates Bianca in her eliminating of Tamina where she tipped them both over Tamina hit the floor and Bianca just slips under and survives number 13 genuine surprise it's Cameron <laughs> of the Funkadactyls uh, somebody call my mama and I was like, oh, Cameron, that's an interesting one. But as she was going to the ring and Sonny was talking, I was, it, it just all clicked. I was like, oh, actually, no, this is really good. Because you've had Sonia out already. Then Cameron comes out and through, she can get to Naomi through Cameron. Yes, I like this. And then Sonia started talking about the commentary. He's like, oh, they're actually doing it. Yes, great. Uh, Sonia putting together a ploy to her expense, taking out a potential ally of Naomi, running her into the ring post, and out goes Cameron. And I watched this going, honestly, I'm just happy that this feud that's, that has spanned wheels for months is finally going somewhere. <laughs> and I do need to put the commentary on it that a telling, doing a long-term story, there should be progression. 
up until the past like two, three weeks, like the build to the Rumble that's happened this year, up until that point, they were on the same narrative beat every single week. It never moved on. It never progressed to anything. And it wasn't until, what, three weeks ago? Three, four weeks ago? It was, I, swear, I swear it's been since New Year that those beats finally start to move forward. But it'd been like four, five, maybe even six. I don't know how far back it went, actually. Off the same beat of Naomi not being able to get in and Sonya saying, yeah, not letting you in. And then Naomi annoyed that she, Sonya would never tell her, why are you even doing this? And Sonya would never give her an answer, just not let her in. That beat lasted months and they never progressed past it. I say, I say never, until now, which is awful scripting. <laughs> like it was never po- it was never possible until it was. <laughs> it's like, what is that? <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, the the uh, it's moving now though. It won't move now. But I refuse to call this a long term story because it's not. <laughs> it's a story that stayed on the same beat for months and then kicked in and then came alive. Like essentially it was dead it was treading water. Or the phrase I could, you could even use the word dead in the water, but that's not quite right. It wasn't going anywhere. It was just floating there. It was existing. It wasn't progressing. It wasn't swimming up river. It wasn't doing anything. It wasn't building a bridge. <laughs> doing nothing. And then it woke up in time for the mumble. So whatever that is, <laughs> that's not long-term story because there's no arc. It's not... There isn't, over a month-long period, there isn't a progression which you can look back on and see. When you look back on it, you will see the same beat repeated week after week after week after week. That is not a long-term story. <laughs> anyway, but it has kicked up now in time for the mumble and I liked the whole Cameron thing. Anyway, Naomi was out to immediately reap Damn it, Sonia, you, you sewed too hard. <laughs> Disaster kick and Enzigiri was all she wrote for DeVille. Uh, number 15, Carmella, comes out and takes her time getting into the ring, stalling and chatting with Corey. She's obviously got to go over and get her mask fitted. I hate that gimmick. <laughs> uh, Rhea Ripley at number 16. And you can tell by the entrance that this was poised to be like one of the big favourites. And this is exactly what I'm talking about with the men's rumble where we get two people back-to-back here who are favourites to go till the final, at least the final six. They're favourites to be in that point. And putting them in these in here and not saving them for the end, oh, my word. Like, imagine if you swap two people from the 20s. Actually, if I go and I pick two. If I pick... Uh, if I pick Molly Holly... No, no, if I, if I pick Shotzi and maybe... And Alicia Fox... And I swap them in for Ray Ripley and Charlotte Flair. As in, p- two people who are just not going to win. <laughs> you just know that. Has, has it been a stronger person already? Yeah. If I swap those two in, then you know they're not going to win. But that then means from 10 to 20, there isn't anyone strong. With an A. You maybe get a nice pop for... We've got two other people who are like two returnees. <laughs> but they aren't going to win either. My point being, this is where the women's one excels. Because back-to-back, Ray Ripley, poised like, here we go, here's a big deal person. The way she's presented, the way that the woman kind of fo- suddenly pauses for a second and f- really focuses on, on her when her 10 hits. Uh, yeah. Went right after Carmella, uh, but quickly felt the heel wrath, leading to her, eliminating both Zelina and Carmella to a nice pop, beating everybody up to stand tall and solo for, as I said, it was back-to-back, number 17, Charlotte Flair, the first champion to enter a women's rumble. 
like come and tell me it's because she wants to solidify her WrestleMania main event slot. And I look at it and go, also, it's a really cheeky way for a heel to not have to defend her title. So I'm I'm fine with it. <laughs> you know what? I didn't know if at first it was like, oh, well, she could also get another stab at Becky and become and hold both belts if she wanted to as well. But again, that's a, like a side thing. Anyway, out goes Aaliyah to Flair uh, before tossing tossing Liv. Um, what was she? I can't remember what the move was. And chopping Naomi into the Kofi spot. But Sonya robs her of it. It's like, oh, yes. <laughs> one was, uh, the Kofi one was unfortunate. But this was robbed of us by, from us by purpose, or on purpose. Hanging via feet in the ropes, Deville then drags her out in revenge. It's like, ah, you you sowed and then you reaped. Or was it the other way round? Reap what you sow, that's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she sowed and then, sowed and then she reaped. And, but then she sowed some more. Ah, she won in the end. She didn't. She didn't reap twice. <laughs> so Sonya wins out in the end. And again, I, again, I'm just happy this feud is going places. <laughs> Number eighteen, Ivory with right to censor gimmick. Oh, what a what a what a gimmick! <laughs> but I'm like, yes, finally this is in the women's rumble. Uh, talking trash down the microphone through her entire entrance, the entire time she's in the ring, and the entire time Rhea Ripley's eliminating her. <laughs> perfect, absolutely perfect use for her. Bring down number 19, <laughs> which is Brie Bella to loud yes chance. She got a really big pop and, yeah, really loud yes chance, which she just blent into. That was great. Uh, Mickey James out at number 20, also to a great pop, mostly because she comes out to hardcore country, which is her entrance. It's like, for me, like, for me, it's a massive pop for me <laughs> for her TNA theme playing on a WWE show. She's, this is her TNA theme. She's the current Impact Knockouts champion. She's come out with Impact Knockouts champion written on her title card. And she's got the belt with her. For modern day WWE, that is massive. Obviously for how other companies have presented champions from other companies in the sense of them existing. Uh, that's very, it's very, the bar has been lowered much more. So that you see it, you've seen it a lot more often on AEW for example. Uh, and other promotions that impact themselves, you've seen it a lot more. But for WWE, for the long longest time, we've just pretended that other wrestling doesn't exist. So when they acknowledge other wrestling exists, it's a pretty big deal. And then just bring her back as Mickey James WWE, she came out to Hardcore Country. And yeah, massive pop for me. Uh, Alicia Fox out next, she also got a nice pop. You're just spotting the rhythm here. We've had, so we've had two big names. Uh, you know, at this point, they've forgotten about the Sasha Banks thing. <laughs> they haven't. <laughs> but the momentum of the of the Rumble is moving on fine enough that it's not broken the Rumble. You've got two big stars, or two big names for the ending in Ripley and Charlotte Flair. Then you've got some big pops back to back to back. Brie Bella, Mickey James, Alicia Fox, they all got big pops in the surprise returnees. Uh, this is why it really reminded me of uh, 2018. And uh, number 22, Nikki A.S.H., and they angle it, and you know what's coming. The cameras are tilted upwards. Cough, cough for the Kofi, Kofi shot. They're tilted upwards at very so you can't see something. So, so they know the technique. <laughs> uh, yes, and if, yeah, you know what you want to do. She can jump in the in from behind and jump out her tag team partner in Rhea. But she hangs onto the ropes and then stares her down, calls her a twat. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you, you piece of shit. <laughs> and yeah. Instead, Nikki say Nikki says she's called a little twat and chased after by the big powerful Aussie. <laughs> Britishness approves. 
Uh, number 23, Summer Ray shouting, Fuck you! As she charges down the ramp. <laughs> now, that's a, yes, <laughs> that's the exact energy I needed at number 23 in this Rumble. Uh, but yeah, but both her former NXT rivals in Natalia and Charlotte, they eliminated her pretty quickly. But I'll always remember Summer Rae charging down that ramp, <laughs> screaming F you. <laughs> it's like, yes. Yes, I love that energy. At number 24, it's Nikki Bella. So, well, her sister's here. <laughs> it makes sense here as well. Uh, Graves calling this a sight we'd never see. Uh, Nikki in a rumble. Immediately, like, well, I mean, aside from the other one she was in, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess, oh, yeah, I never thought I'd see her in a rumble, aside from the other rumble <laughs> she was in. Do you mean, like, another rumble? Uh, yeah, the twins eliminate poor Alicia. Bye. Uh, 25, Sarah Logan. Uh, somehow looking even more Viking than when we last saw her. Uh, yeah, a Riot Squad reunion, immediately better twinned away. Out you go, Sarah. Uh, yeah, Liv going out with more of a fight, but that's her eliminated. And that's kind of what I meant by... She had a run, but she was she was there, but she was background. And then got eliminated by two returning legends in Nikki and Brie. So it wasn't a name that could win at the end. Which I'd have Liv... If, having Liv Morgan eliminated by anybody, it's one of the current big names. Just because of what her arc, what her arc is. It needs something to jump off and propel off of. Whilst this is... She's eliminated and just disappointed when she goes up on Raw. In a, yeah, <laughs> it's not an elimination that fits her character. My favourite rumbles quite often play off the characters that are there. Uh, 2018 for me is an amazing example of so many eliminations being tied to character, and or at least or at least momentum that they were on at the time. And yeah, this is this 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 rumble night was not an example of that, but this is still like fun nostalgia stuff. <laughs> 26, it's Lita. Speaking of. Like, here we go, baby. The legend that's been hyping her Rumble presence with her appearances on Smackers. Nice elimination on Mickey hitting a half-rope draped DDT. Um, yeah, quite a few people disappointed that Mickey wasn't given, like, a stronger run. Like, she was another one who came in, got a nice pop. Didn't really do anything after her entrance, kind of, uh, getting there, her moves in. And then existed. And then just got eliminated. It's like, oh, that's a shame. But... Really, it was the exact one I'd expect someone in her position to get in a WWE thing. So, yeah. 27, Mighty Molly. Out for another Royal Rumble, only to be clobbered by Nikki A.S.H. I genuinely love that booking. <laughs> Amongst the quick eliminations has been some nice spots and a real like feeling most folk could be eliminated at any point, which is nice. It's the benefit of the Sasha, Sasha Banks thing. It's what got me with the Ripley thing. I genuinely believe that Nikki A.S.H. might eliminate Ray Ripley. Purely because they'd eliminated Sasha, which makes it plausible that Rhea could go. So when she doesn't, it's a nicer surprise. Anyway, out goes Molly. 28, this was the big one for the match. Ronda Rousey, she's back, <laughs> to an enormous pop. And she got a big cheer at the end when she won as well. A double guillotine on both of the Nickies. Uh, down goes ASH, and Brie nearly collides with her sister in the aftermath, but oh, she doesn't. Before punching her out, anyway. <laughs> so, oh, I love that. Uh, Brie immediately paid the price for that as Ronda then just focused and beat the crap out of her in the ring. <laughs> uh, before, and she then eliminated her after number 29 came down, which was Shotzi. Uh, yeah, a strong late number for the young lass. Uh, number 30. And I thought, this is built up really well to be like another name returning or something. In my head, I convinced myself it could be Paige. 
and I didn't know who it was going to be, but it was like, uh. and then Shayna Baszler came out. I was like, oh yeah, it's Shayna Baszler. Oh, Ronda's in the ring. That's nice. <laughs> Just that thing coming together. Um, but it's kind of like Shayna Baszler didn't feel like a super strong number 30, but because they're also having Lesnar suddenly turn up in the men's match and win at number 30, you can't have them be carbon copies. And I guess that's the other thing with the Rumble. It's before this show started, I was very pessimistic, because I, uh, I, I think I had the kickoff show on, and on Twitter they were saying, who do you think's going to win in, these, in this Rumble? And I looked at the lineups and I went, none of them. My prediction is none of these people you're talking about are going to win. And uh, I don't like being right. <laughs> but I do, again, I don't mind the Ronda... I think I don't mind the Ronda stuff as much because, of course, Jed, the one long run disappeared and then there's there's so much stuff left on the table that you can do. And her and Shayna Baszler in the same ring together is one of those things. So when that connects, like, ah, yes, I'm fine with that. Uh, a different kind of horsewoman in Charlotte stopped that friendship moment, though. Uh, Ronda eliminating poor Shotzi. Uh, Bianca kicked off Natty before the angry Canadian weirdly jumped back in for a go at Ronda and got tripped out again. I don't know if Ronda was meant to eliminate her. And then Bianca kind of just made sure Natty was gone. So then they did the spot anyway. I don't know, it was weird. <laughs> uh, Lita getting her You Still Got It chance with an awesome Ronda off the top. Uh, but no moonsault though. Ripley stopping her and Smackers champion Charlotte Flair with the boot to the old generation. Uh, they put that over on commentary as well. Uh, Rousey with Rhea in a triangle Flair failing to eliminate her but with Rhea getting the better of Ronda that was enough for Flair to boot her to the outside final four yes I can be disappointed that Rhea Ripley didn't make the final four however I know they were going to do the two horsewomen versus the, the built up favour and the horsewoman in Flair but they, they made Rhea look strong in the elimination it's the way she was eliminated which it doesn't sting that badly. It's not just a whoop, out you go. That, no, there's a fight on the outside, and she got the better of the of the favour of the three in that area in Rousey. She knocked down Rousey, then Flair got rid of her. It's like, oh, yes, that's just a, it's just a little touch. She got the best of out. The person who ended up winning, Rhea Ripley had bested her, but then it was because there was that third party in Charlotte Flair, and that's why she got eliminated. I like that. It's the small details. Uh, but yes, final four, Belair, Flair, Baszler, Rousey. Uh, Bianca besting them all, but in going over to eliminate Baszler, had herself too close to the ropes and Flair lifted them both over. And WWE finally getting their Flair versus Rousey ending. Uh, Flair charging for another boot, but Ronda just lifts her up and powers the Queen out. Ronda Rousey wins. And yeah, that was, for me, a really fun rumble. I genuinely, I really enjoyed it. I think there was just that momentum, and as I said, for the teens kind of area, there was that mixture of you had modern day to begin with, then you had the big names, and then you had the surprise people. And that, that kind of flow really helped. It, it really did help kind of build that momentum for the final 10. Compared to the men's one, which felt dead, then Drew McIntyre wakes it up. It's, it's so much better. <laughs> Keep it alive rather than waking it up is the best way I'd, I'd phrase it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, word is, is that it's Flair versus Rousey at Mania, the match that they've always wanted. But, come on, we all know where the money is. And we also know, the second Becky mentions Ronda's name, there's no way back, perception-wise. Like, as soon as Becky mentions Ronda's name, you cannot do Rousey versus Flair. There is no other world here. 
And that's coming from somebody who sat here ready to crap on everybody who's been saying that the Bianca squash was leading to something. It's like, no, 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 this was a setup for Bianca to get the thing. Well, my thing was, no, it was just a moment. Bianca's not going anywhere. This was her losing the title. There, there is no plan for her to get it back. That was my very pessimistic belief. <laughs> and Rousey going... Now they've brought Rousey back. Her going after Becky. That's the money match. Unless you keep them separate. But they're putting Rousey on Raw tomorrow. So, and obviously they've hyped it on the show. Oh, please, please watch Raw tomorrow. We're going to have Ronda Rousey there. That's going to bring you in, right? Yay! Probably not, because I know what the quality of the show's like. So... It's going to take a lot to convince me. <laughs> even when I'm at my, like my WWE momentum hype, which is, even though I've been very pessimistic, I enjoy the Royal Rumble so much, I find it difficult to not be immediately then getting excited for WrestleMania and looking at the road ahead, what could possibly happen. I like this period. I'm, I'm just not very high on the men's Rumble or direction of it, or potential direction of the women's. Because <laughs> the pro, for me, Rousey Flair is the match to do. The negative is that proves everybody right who said that the Bel Air thing at SummerSlam was not going anywhere. Like, you built up your black champion for ages and then just took the title off her in seconds. Just like you've done with past ones. The difference is they've at least tried... They've not... They've at least tried to keep Bel Air's momentum going. She's still treated as a relatively big deal. Like, she's still presented as, like, a favourite who be, could be going for those titles at any moment. But, yeah... <laughs> so that's it they've kind of put themselves in a you either don't deliver Belair Lynch or you don't deliver Rousey Lynch and you're going to piss off a crowd no matter what you do <laughs> uh, I mean the fix was to not have, not have Bianca lose in that way that was it <laughs> that was the fix you could even have Bianca Belair winning her match then Flair comes out and challenges her and says I'm next you could even have Flair cheat to win at the next pay-per-view uh, which well, it's a good complaint, but better than this. <laughs> and Belair gets her big, kind of big arena moment. Uh, yeah. Anyway, there were the rumbles, and God, they took me an hour to get through the rumbles. My God, I can see how tired my eyes are. <laughs> so let's get through the rest of the matches, so I can go to bed. I'm going to need another drink of water. Mm. It's so late in the night that <laughs> my voice is going. Uh, anyway. So, the Universal Championship. So, when this match was starting, I was like, this really does feel like a very unpredictable night. That is great. It became less so as the night went on. I think it was like after the after the Women's Royal Rumble and the sign was on fire, I don't think the show really recovered. <laughs> For me, there was something off about the show after that. I wasn't into it as much. Anyway, but the opening match... For me, something truly special. So the Universal Championship, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. Good Lord, starting off hot. Huge reaction. Actually, I think it need to be a bit more a damsel with that one. Good Lord. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> starting off hot. Huge reaction for big champion Roman. Arguably, even bigger for Rollins with the shield entrance, all in the shield gear, music and everything coming through the fans. And obviously, the fans automatically on Seth's side with him in full shield getup, first on the card. But this match felt huge with those entrances. And of course, that's very vital for when Roman Reigns then goes after Lesnar, that Roman is the heel. Because Lesnar's meant to be this big, angry, baby-faced guy. But then the Royal Rumble afterwards just broke all of that. 
they did not follow it up with the final part. I was like, oh, that sucks. Uh, setting up a top-notch pace for the show, like hot right off the gate with a bloody brilliant opening match. The crowd loud as hell from start to finish, Nia erupting as Rollins ran all over Roman and nailed the stomp. They did a really good job of getting across through action, how Rollins had gotten into Roman's head. The champion lashing out, striking and bombing his opponent rather than being his tactical self. Like Seth laughing each time he'd successfully drawn Roman in. Truly great stuff. Like callbacks galore for us nerds. Yeah, like shield bomb, shield bomb. Like who had been following like the whole time too. Like Rollins countering a spear into a pedigree, just like he did to win the title back in 2016. Uh, when he couldn't use the stomp. Uh, crowd in the palm of their hand for all of this. Even with the non-ending. <laughs> the crowd was still eating everything up. Like, a great moment with Rollins down, but holding his fist up, like, laughing, telling Roman, I'll always love you. Uh, but that was the snap. Rollins had pushed too far. So far that Reigns grounded him with the guillotine and refused to let go. Even when the ref was basically placing Rollins' arm onto the ropes. <laughs> uh, yeah, Reigns refused to let go, got himself DQ'd, entering full rage post-match, uh, retrieving a chair and replicating Rollins' turn on the shield. Uh, yeah, and a white-hot match that honestly has this feud leaving the show feeling ten times harsher than doing Roman versus Brock again. But we know, obviously, doing right. And that's kind of... This is where WWE's like refusal to have somebody go over and do so many DQs, this is where it bites them in the ass. Because they're not going to do Roman versus Seth at WrestleMania. They're not going to include Seth at WrestleMania. But... They've set up the match they wanted in Roman Brock, but they did. They protected Seth so strongly that the sheer amount of fans I saw on social media really behind Seth Rollins getting into the WrestleMania picture. As in, they'd accidentally white hot lit him up. And uh, obviously, via television and the weeks afterwards, they can reverse that. <laughs> but. It's their own their own refusal to actually put people over has bit them in the ass here because they they're not going to do Reigns Lesnar Rollins that's not their plan <laughs> but they've lit the fire under Rollins yes the match was fantastic but by having him not win they've essentially paused the feud and gone we're gonna continue this. Uh, uh. Yes. <laughs> it's a bit of a problem because that's not the direction. So what do they do? Or did they face each other at Saudi Arabia? Do they keep going? Is that the plan? I don't really know. I don't really know what the plan is. <laughs> it's a weird one. <sighs> anyway, speaking of against the plan, the Raw Women's Championship followed the Women's Royal Rumble where Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop and f first off, before what actually happened, I'm sorry, there's just zero chance in me buying a title challenger with that name, with Dewdrop. Especially as a heel. This is not going to happen. Uh, sometimes, no. We don't just get used to the name. I haven't with Doudrop. It's still a silly name. I can't buy the character. It's just... it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you want me to buy that character as a heel. No, it's not happening. Uh, but they were in the poor post-rumble spot on the card. Uh, so folk, folk recovering. We were going to the toilet. It's like uh, getting snacks. It's like, yes, yeah, people aren't at their highest focus. But also, my attention, as well as people in the arenas, was somewhat diver diverted 
as I found out the pyro was melting the WrestleMania sign. <laughs> it's such a unique circumstance to be in, as in genuine danger. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. They that they had to evacuate the area and take the sign down during this match. Uh, according to uh, Sean Ross Sapper Fightful, they were really quick on it. Took the sign down, got the fire stopped, and put it back up all within a match. So by the time this match had ended, the sign was back up and it was all fine. Yeah, crowd were chanting "It's on fire" at at one point as well, uh, cheering at the fire extinguishers doing their job. Uh, Becky doing her best, but constantly looking over to you know check on the fire. <laughs> There's something going on here. Uh, in some matches, I'm forgiving of the headlock. When you're putting on a headlock so you, that you can turn to your left, look at the fire, and reassure your opponent that the fire is being put out, <laughs> I'm fine with the headlock. It's all right. Uh, I feel somewhat bad for them. Like, not that I was like hot into this match anyway, but fair to say the fire hazard did not help my attention span. Uh, for what I caught from the match, <laughs> Becky was working on the arm, Dewdrop continuing to drop on her, but eventually the damage was too much. Uh, a great merry-go-round for sorry, Molly go round from Becky. Some nice touches as she stomped the challenger down. And the Nyla Rose top rope big drop to a draped opponent, always a nice sight. Uh, do drop with some decent big moves into falls. Like, you know, because she's flipping Viper. <laughs> but man, I cannot take do drop seriously. Uh, man handle slam off the top for the Becky retention. And yeah, so like. But like taking all the action into account, like I have to give this match a the sign was on fire out of five. <laughs> it's the only thing I remember. <laughs> uh, then to my surprise, we got Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley next. It's like, oh, that's interesting. You're doing the mixed tag before the rumble. That makes the mixed tag feel very piss breaking. Uh, but yes, the video package beforehand for Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley was fantastic. Really, really good. Got the crowd really amped up for this match, and the entrances felt really big time. Generating that feeling of, it's finally here. The match fans were dreaming about when Lashley was dominating Impact, ending in the exact way you're expecting, to set up the same championship match we haven't been able to escape since 2015. That is insane. <laughs> As in, when this feud started, I was in my early 20s. Just leaving the world of university, entering the world of work for the first time. Now, with the feud still going, I'm about to break into the next decade of my life. <laughs> and it's still going. That, that, that's incredible. That's insane. Uh, but this match, this match, Lesnar Bobby Lashley. <laughs> big boys! Two big lads doing big lad wrestling. Uh, plenty of suplexes and charging. And Lesnar holding on to those Germans made them look all the more devastating as well. Yeah, big Bobby Lashley took himself out after charging into the barricade and soon after... Brock was hitting German after German. Uh, Lesnar laying out Lashley with the F5, but he'd also accidentally clocked the referee. Oh, he was too dominant. Oh, he took everybody out by accident. Oh, no. He clocked the referee's noggin, and uh, yeah. Ah, damn it. All that work was for naught. Roman Reigns in with the referee down, a spear to Brock, and staring down Heyman, asking for the title to clock Lesnar over the head, and Heyman obliges. I'm heavily assuming this was meant to be the plot point hit at day one, but they're doing it here instead. And Lashers with the win. Roman in a smile, walking away with Paul Heyman. Practically right before the rumble to let you know that, oh, Lesnar's just out of it. Like, yeah, if you thought Lesnar was going to be the guy to make the surprise entrance, oh, he's, he's, he's clearly not going to be him, is it? Or would he? <laughs> he would. 
he would. In, in again, in for me, the least interesting outcome of a rumble, because it's so because we're so aware at this point that Reigns Lesnar is the title match they need to do. Neither man benefits. I mean, Reigns probably would have benefited more because he's a current, like he's their guy, so their top guy. Win, but I, also, I would never, I would have never have ended Reigns' run. <laughs> I've said before, San Martino, that man. I'm not being as literal and serious with it, but what I mean is, you can have him be a multi-year champion. This is a very rare opportunity where he's generally over enough for it to work. The problem is, I don't think the creative side can keep up. <laughs> I, I don't have that belief. We've already seen massive cracks this past year. Cough, cough, demon Balor, ring snap. <laughs> and there's that repetitiveness creeping in, but he as an act is incredibly over. So... You can keep him as champion. Ah, yeah, but still, for me, the least interesting group. I, I, I can't keep tangenting. <laughs> Let's do this final one. Uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix versus The Miz and Maurice. And, oh, thank you. Yes, that's a really good, that's a, actually an interesting start in the chat. Where Triple H has the biggest gap in Royal Ball wins at 14 years, but Brock, with this win, beat that at 19 years and oh, in 10 days. That's, that's actually quite an interesting fact, actually. Yeah, that had gone over my head <laughs> until seeing that. Uh, but yeah, my main thing is we haven't moved on from Roman Brock <laughs> in seven years. <laughs> my entire working life. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, anyway, yeah, so the mixed tag of Edge Beth Phoenix versus The Miz and Maurice. Edge has been truly treated like as a big player, but this match was in WWE's patented pre-main event piss spot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, kind of paying attention. Uh, yeah, I did wait to go to the toilet. I was a good boy. <laughs> I waited, and I went to the toilet when they were doing all their advertisements before the rumble. Anyway, uh, the baddies with their underhanded tricks. Maurice on the run from Phoenix. Uh, so she beats up Miz instead. I like that. Makes Beth Phoenix seem like a really tough one. Uh, the master plan of a brick-loaded purse. Ah, uh, yes. The old tactic of put a brick on it. Uh, grounded Beth, but didn't keep her down. And there's a Polish... I got it from, um, there's a no-clip documentary on the video game uh, CD Projekt Red, the, the video game developer, uh, where there's a phrase in Polish which translates to roughly, it, it, there isn't an English equivalent for it, but apparently it translates roughly as, would you like a brick? <laughs> I just can't remember what the, uh, I can't remember what the Polish thing is for it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I found that really funny. That's what I thought of. <laughs> it was a, would you like a brick? <laughs> from the whole thing. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm not sure if this match needed finisher kickouts. Like, the match is essentially in the get your energy back before the rumble spot. Not sure if this needed kickouts, but hey, here they are. Uh, Maurice with way more offense than I was expecting. A top notch runner to edge to lead into the school crushing finale near fall. That was great. No double team school crushing finale for our baddies. But our goodies get all of their double teams as well. In the end, a double spear and double glam slam for the win. They were doing loads of uh, tag team moves throughout the uh, match itself as well. And yeah, enjoyable enough. But at this point of the card, you're just waiting for the main event rumble so you can go to bed. Well, well, well you can go to bed. I've had to do this review. <laughs> I didn't go to bed. My clock says 6.32 right now. <laughs> I didn't go to bed. Uh, and then I've also talked about, I opened up the show talking about the men's rumble. And yeah, it's a weird rumble. It's a weird event. Because if you were to ask me, did I enjoy it? I was like, hey, yeah, I guess until the second match on the card. But it was because it was the Women's Rumble. That's like an hour and a half into the show. I enjoyed the first hour and a half. 
then progressively enjoyed it less and less. Like, I wasn't really paying attention to Becky Lynch Doodrop, which, again, possibly because of the fire. Fire! Fire! Exclamation mark. <laughs> uh, but with the, uh, the men's rumble, it's like, yeah, it was, it was when Lesnar lost the title. And I was like, okay, so this is worrying. Because with Big E going to SmackDown, you doubt it was going to be him. With Drew McIntyre also on SmackDown, doubt it was going to be him. But maybe he could move Drew McIntyre over. Suddenly, the the dynamic of the men's rumble when you suspect Lesnar's probably going to be that number 30 spot. Ah, suddenly it was difficult to see any other world. Then, I was like, you know what though? But I enjoyed the rumble so much. If like the women's one where they eliminated Sasha and I went, boo. But they built up that rhythm and momentum so well afterwards that I didn't really mind. I was really into the match way before the last lock came out to go to the ending. The problem with the men's one is it's not just a problem that Brock won. It's that it was, again, for me, a crap rumble. And part of that is that the first 20 people, there's only one main person who's been the main eventer in that entire first 20 people. Uh, again, Drew McIntyre was number 20. But that's insane. That makes your rumble feel incredibly mid-card. <laughs> Just one person after the other who you have absolutely no belief could win. AJ Styles is out at number one, and then he's just eliminated by one of those mid-card people that you don't believe has got any chance of winning. <laughs> it's like, ugh, cool. Cool, yeah. Not a good not a good men's rumble. And um, for me, a really fun rumble from the women's. So did I enjoy the show? <laughs> it's another one. It really is an odd one. I enjoy Royal Rumbles. I still like the... I love the mystery of them. It's the most unpredictable night of the year for WWE. And I can never write that off. There's just that feeling of, I genuinely... I didn't enjoy the Men's Rumble. It had its moments. But I really didn't enjoy it. And when it ended, I left feeling nothing. Which is definitely... For me, that's, uh, that's kind of how I opened the show. Just And me talking about the show for a longer period of time hasn't helped me. I have not figured out... Do I prefer feeling nothing towards the show when it ends or anger? But anger means I care. This ending is I've completely disconnected now. <laughs> Which is a... That's a bad sign, surely. Surely that's a bad sign. <sighs> anyway, that's my review of the Rumble. But I, I don't want to... That's not my review of the whole Rumble. Because I thought the opening match was incredible. Um... But the only problem is they're not me they, they didn't mean they don't mean to heat up Seth Rollins like they are, which is a problem. <laughs> uh, but the the, the first opening match was incredible. The women's rumble I found really enjoyable, and then I just yeah I just didn't enjoy the rest of the show really, <laughs> which is a shame. Which is an absolute uh, pretty big shame, given how excited I was going in. That, oh, that's a shame. Yeah, the men's rumble for me is the biggest disappointment. Yes. So yeah, I would say I enjoyed the first 90 minutes, did not really enjoy the rest of it, and the men's rumble was a big downer for me. Not but well at all, and I can really pick apart why that was the case. Uh, it's, it's just a blatant reason why. Uh, anyway, what did you make of the Royal Rumble, well, the men's and the women's rumbles this year? Comment below, hit me up on Twitter, at the damn implicat. Uh, might try getting some streams up on the Twitch at the implication with two S's, we'll see. But also, the, this website itself that I'm doing this for, uh, at Russell Headlines, that's Vessel without an E. Got a bit, very big lisp moment right there. <laughs> so tight. And on Twitter, also Wrestling Headlines on Facebook as well to get all your latest wrestling news. And I'll be back on 
So far, the only thing scheduled for definite is the AW Dynamite review on Thursday. We'll see otherwise. But of course, I'll be returning for the Aftershocks. Uh, I don't cover the Saudi Arabia events, so I won't be covering Elimination Chamber. But whatever it is, if it's fast lane and then it goes into WrestleMania, I'll have all of that covered. Uh, oh, plus a, I think the next pay-per-view I'm covering is AW Revolution, because that's just the next in line. <laughs> the next one is Elimination Chamber, if I'm right. Then it's... Bloody, yeah. <laughs> just that. <laughs> then it's AW Revolution in March, so that just happens to be the next one I'm doing. So yes, that's the pay-per-view I've had up. Anyway, what did you make of the Royal Rumble? Is it just me? Were they both both fine? Did you not? I saw a few people say they didn't like either of them, that they thought the whole show was rubbish. And I was like, eh, no, I massively enjoyed the opener. And I had a lot of fun with the women's one. I could see the holes in it, <laughs> the problems, but I still enjoyed myself and I had fun. So at the end of the day, I don't really care that much. But the men's rumble for me was just badly booked. <laughs> with just everything about it is just not the way to do the rumble. A different era, it might have got booed out of the arena, but nah, it's just not a good rumble. Again, I'm not booing it. I'm, I want to give, I gave no reaction. I, and my instinct wasn't to be like, boo, this is bad. My instinct was to break down. Well, why didn't I feel anything? Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. I leave a Roy, I leave one Royal Rumble match feeling nothing. I, I leave the another Rumble match just, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed that. So, yeah. A mixed review. A mixed. Uh, that's, that's the, yeah. Reviews mixed. <laughs> that's my, uh, what, uh, what was, what, what, to uh, TLDR, what was your, uh, what was your review for the Royal Rumble? Mixed. <laughs> <laughs> it was mixed. Uh, anyway, I'll be back for the Dynamite review. And it's just because it's not concrete what I'm doing on Tuesday. So, yeah. I, I might be live on this channel again on Tuesday. But definitely will be on Thursday for the AW Dynamite review. So that's I say thank you for listening, liking, engaging in any form, in any manner. Always appreciated. Never take it for granted. Uh, and with that, I bid you adieu. I can't remember if there's something else to say. <laughs> with that, I bid you adieu. Adios. <laughs>